Next on BYU Sports Nation, on the Malibu, BYU basketball heads to Southern California for a make-or-break road trip. We'll preview BYU's big game with Pepperdine. Freshman forward Ryan Andrus will be in studio. And former NBA player Jeff Jumpkins back for more of the coach's thoughts on Tyler Haas passing his good friend Danny Ainge on the scoring list. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. We survived Groundhog Day. That means it's Tuesday, February 3rd. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with my good friend Jerem Jordan, a man who can literally quote every line from the movie Anchorman. Probably not every line, but a lot of the lines. How about we start the show off today with some breaking news? BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Listen to this. BYU and the University of Arizona announce an extension to their current football series. The Cougars and Wildcats already have a three-game series scheduled, Jeremy, including a neutral site game at the University of Phoenix Stadium Where in 2016. Where the BYU will play at Arizona in 2018, plus a game in 2020. Here's where things change. That 2020 game scheduled for Provo will now become another neutral site game in Las Vegas. Nice. In 2021. Who knows where in Vegas, but in Vegas. It's not Sam Boyd Stadium right now, so it could be a future-built stadium. So when's the the next home game? It's in Provo. They've added two games, a home and road, uh, so now a five-game series, 26 and 27. Yeah, 2026-2027, the Wildcats will travel to Lavelle Edwards Stadium on September 12th of 2026. BYU making the return trip on September 11th of 2027. Five games with the Wildcats. Some of you may be asking, why move the 2020 home game to Las Vegas? Well, remember, BYU BYU scheduled Michigan State on the same date, September September 12th, 12th. 2020, which required the Arizona game to be moved now they're going to do it in Vegas in 2021, which, quite frankly, I heard that and I was like, that's awesome. Okay, the initial thought for me is, okay, you have five games, but only one home game. So the good, the good news is you get a neutral in Vegas, which I think is cool because Brian Keel once called that Cougar Stadium South. What I think he meant to say was Lavelle Edwards Stadium South. But that's a place where a lot of BYU fans live. They can come up from Arizona, come down from Utah, come over from California and wherever else they come from. And so you get a a neutral in Vegas. I like that. That's going to start the season as well in 20, uh, what year was that? 2021. By the way, 2026 and 27, those become the two farthest games out for BYU football. It previously was a game with Stanford in 2025. That is 13 years away. 12 years away. 27. (laughs) There is a kid that will be a freshman in that game that was born five years ago. How about that? There's a five-year-old right now that's going to play quarterback for BYU, maybe in that game as a freshman. Who knows? A linebacker or something. The conversation alive and well 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN to be a part of our daily conversation. Started off with a Twitter question. Let's talk hoops. What are you looking forward to most this week? BYU at Pepperdine or football signing day? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Crazy Cook Fanatic. While both events will impact success of their programs, Pepperdine will have the most immediate impact. Yeah, right now we're asking you to immediate, tell us. Thursday, yeah, for sure. What is more important to you right now? The blinders vision or the big picture? 
And there's an argument for Pepperdine because of what rides on that game for BYU basketball. Well, it's not a what impact is going to – it's just like, what do you – what do you look forward to the most? Signing there? I think it's a very simple, opinionated but question. You don't have to argue logic with me. Just be like, what one do you Wait, want what? more? What, you just said you don't have to argue logic with you? No. Aren't you the guy that needs to be arguing with logic this isn't all a, this of the time? This isn't a logic question. It's just like, which one do you want to like see or experience more right now? <laughs> what one do you want to see or experience more right now? Uh, football signing day, because it's tomorrow. And then and then basketball will be Thursday. No, I love signing day. I think it's great. Here are the rest of your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Jimmer Fredette had 10 points in 21 meaningful minutes. Yes, meaningful. I'm going to qualify with that. They He played in a game to snap the Atlanta Hawks' incredible 19-game win streak. Had a big three late in the game to kind of seal the deal. Morgan Bailey, West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Again, second time this season. She also went over the 1,000-point mark last week. And men's indoor track and field, now 24th in the nation. They're in the top 25. It's been a while. Your BYU Volleyball Cougars, Jerem Jordan, still number seven. Chris McGowan has, uh, has a vote in the uh, ABCA poll. He voted his team as number nine. They are number seven. He's done that a couple of times, hasn't you, he? You can't say he's biased. <laughs> he didn't vote him one Hey, or even through eight. Exceed expectations, right? Of your own coach. Yes. Rise and shout, my friends. That's what we need to do next. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Make or break in Malibu. Ladies and gentlemen, the surprise of the West Coast Conference men's basketball season, the Pepperdine Waves. Willie the Wave. The Malibu Mob Squad have won road games at BYU and now at St. Mary's, tied for third in the conference with BYU. So the Cougars a slight underdog at Pepperdine, Jerem? I'm uncomfortable with this. I just flashed back five years in it and thought, okay, BYU won Mountain West Conference championships um, against better teams, and now BYU's battling for third place with Pepperdine. Come on! But that's where BYU's at with this season. Injuries have happened. Uh, this team has lost two games they should not have. St. Mary's is a tough game on the road. You lose that one, you don't, you don't lose sleep over it. But that's the game BYU was in. You lose against Pepperdine at home, and then you lost at San Diego. And so now you're in this kind of uncomfortable position where BYU and Pepperdine is a big game on Thursday night because of seeding. If BYU wins that game, okay, now they're in business. They're tied uh, with Pepperdine for... Th- They'd have a game ahead of Pepperdine in third place, but in terms of tie-breaking scenarios, you'd split the season series. After that, I believe it's record versus one, two, three, and so on. BYU's loss against San Diego, not good. However, Pepperdine lost to San Francisco. And Santa Santa Clara. Clara. So BYU uh, would be in the driver's seat in terms of tiebreaker there. BYU's mission is to get the three seed. The two seed, to me, is too much. BYU's two games back. Uh, They would have to beat... St. Mary's, St. Mary's doesn't have a bad loss like BYU against San Diego, so they would win a tiebreaker. St. Mary's, I don't see losing three more games. Would you call St. Mary's loss to Pepperdine on their home floor in Moraga a bad loss? And uh, What are we talking about, the NCAA tournament or like within the conference play? Either, either or. Within conference play, no, because Pepperdine's a top four team. It's, though, there's a separation between the top four and everyone else right now. I guess top three tie. The point is, hey, and you know what? Credit to Pepperdine. They've won some big games on the road. Credit given. Now what? They have, they have beaten BYU and St. Mary's away from home. That's very difficult to do for any West Coast Conference team. 
unless you're second-ranked Gonzaga this year. But we did ask rock star stats guy and college basketball insider Ken Pomeroy how likely BYU is to beat Pepperdine and then the next five games after that all leading up to the season finale in West Coast Conference play with Gonzaga. I have it at about 14%, so uh, you know about a 1-7 in seven chance. And uh, a lot of that probability is limited by the next game, you know, playing at Pepperdine. I actually have Pepperdine in the flight favorite. They did a 50-50 coin flip. A huge game. If they get that win, then things start to open up and those probabilities start to go up. Okay, so Ken Pomeroy has Pepperdine as a slight favorite. He said it was almost a coin flip, so like 52% to to BYU, 48%. They're playing on their home floor. They know that they can beat BYU because they beat BYU in Provo. So, yeah, why... People are like, no, I can't believe that BYU is an underdog to Pepperdine. Well, believe it. That's how it is with injuries, the way Pepperdine's playing right now, the matchup. Yeah, I, I believe it. It's a really big game for BYU. The Cougars really struggled from three. They're going to have to shoot it way better. Pepperdine, one of the top ten teams in the country in three-point uh, field goal yeah, percentage and they defense. shut down BYU in Provo. It's a tough matchup. BYU's going to have to play well. Kyle Collinsworth got some rest. Uh, I'd imagine he'd play. I'd be surprised if he didn't play, but yeah, he is banged up, but... You better believe he's going to play in that game, in my opinion. So we keep telling you that BYU needs to win 25 games, and to do that, they had to win eight of the back nine, including probably eight, eight in, in a row, row in the West Coast Conference. And you think, okay, well, the Cougars, they got it together last year. They, they can do that. They've won a couple in a row. But that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Six. BYU's longest win streak in West Coast Conference play in the four seasons there is six games. It happened last year when BYU made a back uh, nine run uh, for the ages. I think they went, what, eight and one? They went eight and one in the back nine, but they... They, oh. That was broken up in half by the Pacific loss. And then they went into the tourney and won two. Yeah, so it was the four final regular season conference games and then two in the tournament, making for six in a row in the West Coast Conference. That's the longest. That's the longest. They're, they'll need, in our opinion, to break that this year to get it an at-large possibility. Yeah. They're going to have to win eight in a row. This is a tall task, and Ken Pomeroy said winning the next six, so the two-game win streak, winning the next six, 14%. Yeah, and we speculate... I, I, I tend to agree with him on that number. Like, it's possible, but it's going to be if very BYU difficult. If BYU can beat Pepperdine, where they are a slight underdog, that number will go now we're talking. up. Now we're talking. Significantly. I would imagine probably closer to like 24 25%. The hardest game left in the six is Thursday. Yeah. How about that? It's easier to beat St. Mary's at home, in my opinion. It was a five-point game in Morago. In Provo, I think the crowd, I think BYU shoots it better. I think they figure out something defensively on Waldo. I don't think he has, what did he have, 20... Four and 13 or something, 27, 13. Yeah. He was really good. BYU shooting for the number three seed in conference. That is the realistic expectation. Some of you might be asking, well, why not try and catch St. Mary's? We're talking probability. You can't control that. Like, okay. You can control if, B- if you win the last six, including beating St. Mary's. St. Mary's could lose to BYU at home. They lo- could lose to Gonzaga on their home court. Um, when I say at home, at BYU. And then you need another loss in there for St. Mary's. And BYU would have to, to win out because BYU conceivably wins the last uh, eight, maybe, uh, at Gonzaga, probably a loss. So then you'd uh, be sitting on, what, five losses in conference? Yeah. The point is, it doesn't matter whether BYU is the two or the three, in my opinion. Okay? Correct. Because they just need to avoid Gonzaga until a potential West Coast Conference tournament final. 
play St. Mary's in that semifinal game. Get past your first rounder. And some people, you know, have, have said, well, White Plate, let's hope that St. Mary's gets upset in the West Coast Conference Tournament. BYU you know, has to beat St. Mary's in the semis. They, they need that for their RPI. Yeah. And even then, St. Mary's, what's their RPI? 68 right now. Not, they took a huge not fall even a top after 50 losing win, at Pepperdine. So BYU, to bolster their resume, probably need to face St. Mary's in the semifinals of the West Coast Conference Tournament. Listen, you want, you want St. Mary's to probably uh, lose, to, lose to BYU twice and then lose another one or two. Just to, just to weaken that second spot, because it's not a three-bid league. It's probably a one-and-a-half-bid league. I say half because I'm on the fence. I don't know if it's just Gonzaga. Right now, it's just Gonzaga. Right now. St. Mary's not in the tournament, according to Lenardi and a lot of a people. one-bid league right now. Boo. Okay, what about BYU? Where are they in the RPI? That brings us to the Daily RPI. It's the Daily RPI Watch on BYU Sports Nation. What is this? BYU basketball (laughs) trending up in the latest RPI from TeamRankings.com. The Cougars have jumped one spot from 62 to 61. I feel like I need to be holding my earpiece in my ear when I do this. It's like you're updating the NASDAQ or something. BYU has two top 50 wins over number 31 Stanford and number 49 UMass. Tune in tomorrow as we update you on the daily RPI watch. <laughs> now, I'm glad I'm thinking that, about it. I'm thinking whoa, about whoa, it. Whoa, the tourney train hat? No, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off. What? I'm going to hold off. I'm, I'm hold off for now. Come on, conductor. Tom Hanks in Polar Express. <sighs> At 61. You can mess up your hair, man. I know I can mess up. It has nothing to do with messing up my hair. Oh, I, th- I thought that's what it was all about. I have to be, I have to be, calcu- <laughs> be calculated in when I decide to put oh, this okay. conductor's hat on. You can't put it on in vain. I'm glad that we did the daily RPI watch because we hear this every morning in our meetings. From me. Every single morning. Well, the RPI, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it matters. It matters so much. I know it matters. It does. Long Beach State has a higher RPI than BYU. Yes, and that's helping BYU. <laughs> That is helping BYU. So you should keep rooting for Long Beach State yes, and UMass and Stanford greater... and Purdue and Utah and Gonzaga. Like, I will never go for Utah. Ever? No. Even if it Why? Means, what if it came down to Utah needing to win a game for BYU to get a high enough RPI would, to get an NCAA tournament? Why would you ask tournament? me that? <laughs> then you would root why for Utah. Why would you ask me that? <laughs> I'm not going to answer oh, that. Oh, we'll get to some of your Twitter questions in just a moment. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Jeff Judkins back in studio. His opinion on Tyler Hawes passing his good friend Danny Ainge on the BYU all-time scoring list, and he's nearing win number 300. Are you going to put on the conductor hat? No, 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 you're right. Wow. I I need to see him win the next six. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio. And you can watch it on BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Join us by using the hashtag BYUSN. We have sent out the signing day, uh, I guess, pledge for BYU Sports Nation's Twitter account. If you're committing your talents to BYU Sports Nation, you need to follow us on Twitter. And tweet about it. I think retweet it or reply. Yeah. We've, had some, we've had a lot of verbal commitments. I feel pretty strongly that we have some uh, two and three stars that we've switched from Oregon State. <laughs> Uh, to BYU, Oregon State Nation, to BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> I think it's been fantastic. Utah State. Some people still are waiting no. uh, for Wednesday or want to go on an official trip still. So <laughs> Some people, yeah, if I can go on an official trip to your building, <laughs> yes. 
Speaking of, tomorrow's football signing day. Noon Eastern right here on BYU Sports Nation. A live look in to uh, the NLIs as they come in uh, with reaction from the student-athlete building. Brian Logan will be in studio here. I'll be the student-athlete building. You'll also be here. I should mention that. Hey, thanks. 3 Eastern, BYUtv.org has a press conference with Bronco Mendenhall, and then he will join us for an hour-long exclusive special BYU Sports Nation. We'll break down all the signees. It's going to be awesome. No logic necessary to answer our Twitter question, just what you're feeling. Yeah. What are you looking forward to the most this week? BYU at Pepperdine Basketball or Signing Day? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tweet in from at BYUFan1995. I am all about the revenge on Pepperdine. Signing Day, a close second. Because BYU lost to Pepperdine, there are going to be some fans that are like, yeah, the basketball game matters more to me because I want to beat those guys. Yeah. I personally invest a lot of time in signing day and the prep that goes into that, so I think that's why I'm looking forward to it the most. So that is logic, and I contradict myself, <laughs> which is a common occurrence on this program. Uh, we speak the truth. Joining us now, Jeff Judkins, <laughs> former NBA basketball player, college basketball standout, and the current coach of BYU Women's champion. Basketball, Boom Shakalaka champion. Your, your title just gets longer and longer. <laughs> Coach, welcome back after a successful week in the Bay Area. Thanks, Spencer. Yeah, it was a nice win. You know, both wins, they were difficult. But uh, we seemed to pull it out. I know the San Francisco game, we really dominated the game, most of the game. The last three minutes of the game, we were up 12 and they pressed us. And uh, we kind of, there were some questionable calls that they fouled us, they didn't call it. And we kind of lost that lead, but we made some big foul shots down the end. And then Santa Clara was, you know, started off well, and then they got ahead of us, and we had to fight our way back and uh, eventually got ahead of them right to about five minutes in the, in the end of the game and did a great job of really um, defensing, you know, d- defending them and not giving them easy baskets. And this team does a great job hitting foul shots down the end, uh, Kylie and Lexi and Morgan, they they really hit some hit some big foul shots for us that we needed. So um, I'm happy, you know, to go out of that place. It's people don't realize Santa Clara is not doing as well in our conference, but they've lost every home game except for one by less than two or three points. Oh, that's so, brutal. Yeah, so they've they've played really well at home, and um, some teams seem to play better that way. And um, you know, it was it was good for us to be able to get that win. I see you've won uh, nine of the last ten, and a lot of these are close. I mean, you've won the last couple games, two, five, four, a loss by ten, a win by three, six, eight, three. Uh, do you have to take any extra medicine at <laughs> halftime or anything? These are, these I know are it's, close. <laughs> I know it's driving my wife crazy because uh, she would let her have us beat him by 20. And I don't know. You know, I, I guess as a coach, um, you'd rather blow people out, but sometimes it's nice to – I mean, for me, I don't get any more nervous if we're winning by twenty or three. Really, I, you don't I, you don't feel that at all. Anxiety? No, because, no, because I I feel like that you know that uh, my team can can do the things they need to do, and um, yeah, it, it's easier. I'm not going to lie to you; it's easier to be up twenty and not worry about it. But if you're up five to two points, it really doesn't make big a difference. You're you're trying to execute and do the things that you need to do anyway. I guess having been in so many games, you probably get a little bit calloused to uh, being able to handle a, a small lead. And you've won a lot of games. You're coming up on win number 300. Oh. One, can you believe that you're coming up on win number 300? And two, what will it mean to you when you get that? Well, it's a, it's a great, no question as a coach, you, 
you want to be on the upside and be able to win 300 games proves really a couple things. One is I have great coaches that uh, have been dedicated to me and my program and have helped me recruit the players that I need need to be in this program and also been willing to work a lot of hours. And then secondly, have good players. I mean, you know, you can't make chicken salad without good chicken. So, I mean, that you know, is a fact. You know, so I've had great players over the years. And, you know, um, to be able to coach these young ladies who work hard and do what they need to do and improve. I mean, I think people don't realize what Morgan Bailey's done in her career. I mean, nobody thought she'd be what she is now as a freshman. But look at her hard work. Look at coaching that she's she's gone through. And now she's probably, if she's not the best player in the league, she's dang close to it. Wow, that's impressive. Would 300 be Thursday? Thursday night. Thursday, so I, you, can, you can watch it. That's what you've heard. You know, come <laughs> on. It's on BYU TV, uh, BYU Radio. You can check that out. Uh, I think BYU, just BYU TV. I think the men's game will be on uh, BYU Radio at some point. Listen, I'm calling that game. And with you being here in BYU Sports Nation karma, it's going to happen. Okay. okay. I, hope I so. can't wait to say those words. All right. That'd I'm, be great. That's right. I hope so. I'm changing my Twitter question answer. It's to see Jetty uh, win 300 on Thursday. That's uh, what I look forward to the most this week now. Nice. <laughs> you've, you've got Morgan <laughs> Bailey and Lexi Eaton. Um, they were on last year's team. You had a veteran squad. They've taken on this bigger role. You're 17 and 5. I don't know maybe what you thought you'd get post Hampson Beeston, but that's pretty darn good. What, what did you think this season would be like? Well, I, I think there's a lot of players have stepped up. I think those two you mentioned. I mean, Morgan is is leading scorer in our. I think on our team, her and Lexi are dang close, and I think Lexi's improved her game a lot with uh, being able to be more consistent in scoring and trying to do things. And Kylie's been as, as steady as she was last year, but she's had to look to score a little bit more. Maybe the big surprise, what everybody hasn't realized, is Mackenzie Morrison. Um, you know, she has done a great job defensively. She takes the best offensive player every night and guards that player. And um, she's done a really good job of coming in and fitting in. And then, Joe John Harriet, what do you say? I mean, she's really the most versatile player that we've had for a long time. And uh, now she's a six-man. Now she's had to move to the starter. Um, against Santa Clara, I had to put her on the best player. Um, because Orton really stepped it up. Orton and Aloe came in and played really well for us. So I could move Jojon to the three, and she had to guard their best player. So those players have really stepped it up for us, and um, I think it's been a great team effort. Uh, but having two players that I've had be as consistent scoring like those two has, has, has been a real blessing. You've had to shuffle some things around for sure with uh, the injury of Ashley Garfield, and Morgan Bailey and Lexi Eaton have certainly stepped up. Uh, only four players scored in that win over Santa Clara, but you got 27 from Lexi and 19 from Morgan, so that certainly helps. How do you manage your team uh, when most of your points are coming from two of your big guns and only four players score? Well, I think what happened against Santa Clara is they didn't double-team Morgan. They let her do her thing. And, Fools! You know, that, that's, yeah. that's dumb. You know, and then, <laughs> then, then they started helping a little bit when she started scoring early. And then that gave a lot of opportunity for Lexi because, uh, you know, Lexi's getting smart of really realizing where she needs to go when Morgan gets doubled. And she seems to get in the right spot. And uh, one of the things Lexi causes a lot of problems with, as you probably know, is she gets a rebound, and I let her bring the ball up and attack. And she she's done a great job the last few games of, of attacking and making the defense go on their heels. And um, 
And then, of course, we run some sets, and and uh, they do a good job of executing the play. This team I've had is the best team I've had of running plays and executing them. So mm. I think that's part of it. Let's talk about the men's uh, men's team. Tyler Hawes passes your uh, your good friend uh, Danny Ainge for second all time at BYU. We've we've talked about Tyler all year, but that is a heck of an accomplishment. It what is. Do you, what do you think of that? Um, Tyler has, if you ask me, in his career, he's Mister Consistent, and I think as a coach, that's what you want from a player, and he's done that now for for four years, where you know you're going to get 18 every night from him, no matter what. And um, I think that's what I think people should remember. His points are great, and he's, he's going to probably be the leading scorer. But the reason for that is not because he scored 50 and all, he, is, he has been 18, 20, 18 his whole career. And um, he's, he's, you know, he's really improved his game this year. Um, I think he's done a better job of really putting the ball on the ground more and, and pulling up. And he's worked on a three-point shot. He sits some more three-pointers. He's looking more for it. Um, defensively, he's done a better job of, I think, trying to get more involved that way and be more of an all-around player. Um, he's given the ball up more, you know, when he doesn't have it. I think this, his, his uh, sophomore year, he kind of forced a little bit more. But there's no question he's one of the greatest players that BYU's had in a, in a long, long time. Danny Ainge is a fierce competitor, and he did not have the benefit of having a three-point line or a shot clock. And so certainly what he did was, was unbelievable. Do you, think, do you think that Danny's okay with uh, Tyler and Jim are passing him? Or because he's a competitor, does he, does he still want to be on the top? Well, you know it's hard. I think you hit a run on is there wasn't a three-point line. There wasn't a th- shot clock. Um, what would he have scored? Um, who knows? You know, I look back, even in my career, it wasn't a three-pointer. I shot mostly jump shots. But I think what Tyler's done is the film and preparation for the game has changed. So now people know every play you're running, and they know your tendencies a lot better. And he's done a great job of really being – because you got to understand, every night, the best defender's on him. The team has prepared what do they want to do to stop Tyler Haas. And that's a big that's a big responsibility. People don't realize that. And then um, you know the different zones and boxing ones and all the things he's had to go through. It just shows what kind of player that he is. And you know Tyler's winning. I mean, that, to me too. I mean, to have these records and win is is really quite quite impressive. And he's going to be missed next year, just like I miss Jen and I miss. Kim, uh, he's going to be missed next year. I miss him right now. I'm not even waiting till later. I'm just like, man, I miss you for later when you're not here. Now, his little brother might come in and step up and do it. I don't know. Yeah, TJ. They're, they're, I think there will be a lot more weapons to where maybe he won't shoot as much as Tyler got, right? Yeah, probably not. And he's a facilitator, but he can jack it up. He can, he can score, too. Those Oz boys know how to score. <laughs> started with Marty. Probably started with mom, yeah. yeah. Um, when you look at the four-guard lineup that BYU's been running out this year, they went to a let's rebound the ball better and play some bigs. Uh, as a coach, what's the dynamic of I want my best scorers on the floor, yet I need to balance the game and play decent defense and rebound the ball? How do you, how do you manage that dynamic? You hope that those players can rebound yeah, as well. Yeah, you hope that. Uh, I think what happens is when you're outsized, it, it, it affects. I don't care what you say. It affects. You know, when you stand in there together and one person's 6'11 and one person's 6'7", 
the six eleven person who's got longer arms is going to get the rebound. Just like if we went to go rebound, I would box you us, out and then get the rebound and outlet it. But I think what BYU <laughs> has done so well, I think Dave's done a great job. Is he's taken what he has, and he's offensively and defensively tried to make it the best for his team. And people, I, I know this, and people have heard it, but Ned Austin was a big big piece of this puzzle. And they you want to make him. me cry right now? No, he's a big piece of it, and he's the Ashley Garfield of my team. Yeah. Yep. And it's there's a lot impressive. of players like that that people don't get enough recognition because of what they do. And I think they've got these young centers, Fusi and and Worthington and Nilsson, that need some experience, and Nate would have helped them with that. Now the bright side of it is maybe next year Nate will be able to get his year back and that year of sitting out and – and he'll have a lot of, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be hungry. You know, when you sit out of an injury and you come back, you seem to have that focus and you have that, you, and maybe that will, will help them for some of these young guards because it's going to be hard to replace Tyler. I don't, I don't care who you have. You know, a guy like that and, you know, and even their, their other seniors that they have have been very consistent and come and done a great job. But this Thursday night, it's probably the biggest game of the season for them. Because Isn't that amazing? BYU at Pepperdine. It is. And, I, and, and BYU has played so well on the road in those gyms. They'll probably have more people there than Pepperdine. And they seem to play really well in those games. So um, I would give the edge to them. I really think that they have the edge. They have something to really gain. And I, they're going to look at what they did to them and how they can handle it. But that's a big game. They win that game. They could run it. Because uh, I, I really believe they'll beat St. Mary's here. They should have beat them there. I think they'll beat them here. And uh, Gonzaga will be hard, but who knows? But that's a big game. That's a big game for them to be able to do that. Yeah, when a team can make 15 three-pointers in a game four times this year so far, you can't rule out BYU just because of the way they shoot the no, ball. No, no. Coach, we wish you the best of luck at home this week in uh, two games against Pepperdine as you pursue win number 300 on Thursday and then LMU on Saturday. And... Uh, Go and win more basketball games. <laughs> we will. We'll, we'll hopefully keep it up and so we can keep the pace. 300. That's going to be awesome Thursday. <laughs> Jamming with Juddy. Yeah, I need to see you jam, by the way. You still dunk it? No. no. <laughs> Wait, to end no. on that note, man. No, no, I, I wish you I could. could. I, I wish could. I could. So. Up next, Ryan Andrus, one of the BYU men's basketball freshman bigs, joins us and makes his BYU Sports Nation debut. And now... Back to more BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Reminder, download the show podcast on iTunes or at BYUSportsNation.com. Don't forget, tomorrow is football signing day. Can't wait. This is going to be great. Noon Eastern, BYU Sports Nation, a live look-in at the student-athlete building as some of the national letters of intent come in from the signees. That's going to be awesome. Interviews as well, live reaction. That'll be great. 3 p.m., BYUtv.org has a press conference with Bronco Mendenhall. 4 p.m. Eastern, BYU Sports Nation with Bronco Mendenhall, breaking down every single one of the signees, high school, junior college, Division I transfers, return missionaries, all of that. It's like draft day college edition. Yeah, and BYU is spicing it up, and so will we. So three hours of coverage tomorrow for football signing day. The day after tomorrow, BYU basketball has its next biggest game of the season at Pepperdine. And to help us get ready for the mojo in Malibu, we brought in freshman forward Ryan Andrus. Ryan, welcome to the show, your debut on BYU Sports Nation. Absolutely, good to be here. Listen, we made a mistake the last time you guys played Pepperdine. We brought Marty Wilson, their head coach, in here, thinking that we were going to be nice, you know, extend the hand of fellowship. (laughs) 
and then the fellowship. And then BYU Sports Nation karma got out of control, and Pepperdine pulled off the win in the weirdest night ever in the Marriott Center. So we we had our to bad. get a BYU player, and right. we wanted you so that you can write the ship for Pepperdine. You're never going to make that mistake again, right? No. Absolutely Good. not. Some people Good. are like, you're not going to have him on next. No. No. Good. Good. Serious. You, you think that that prob- might be a joke? Like, there are some people that are, like, dead serious. You cannot have <laughs> Marty Wilson on the show I like again. Marty. He's a great guy, but he's not coming on the show again. Absolutely. <laughs> this, is, this is a huge game, but before we talk about Pepperdine, let's talk about Santa Clara. You played a lot of minutes. Uh, this is kind of a new a new thing for you. How have you transitioned into uh, getting some real PT now? Um, it all starts in practice. I think um, this whole season long, being able to compete with guys like Kafusi uh, and Worthington, the, just those bigger bodies have, have uh, conditioned me to be able to get some playing time. And, and it starts in practice just proving myself and showing the coaches I can I can compete with those guys. You looked confident on the floor against Santa Clara. How have you grown this season, uh, both mentally and physically? Um, coming from high school, it's a it's a lot different game, um, and so I think being able to get your get your body right, um, I've been able to put on some pounds here and there, um, be able to bang with the the bigger guys. But um, mentally, I think. Um, it's a matter of just telling yourself you'll be able to go for for three minute, three four minutes at a time because this level you can't take possessions off, and so um, getting your getting your mind right on um, telling yourself you're not going to take a possession off here or there because um, that could cost you the game at this level. So I think being able to prepare yourself physically and mentally is is a big part of this game. Ryan, take me to the scores table. Dave Rose has already said, Andrew, <coughs> you're sitting there at the scores table. You're about to go in. What's going, what's going through you? Um, number one key going into this game was, was rebounding. And so, no, 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 not coach speak. I mean like your feelings. Oh, uh, my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Are you like, uh, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to wreck some fools. Yeah, when I get in. Or I'm, you're like, oh, I'm a little nervous. It's going to be all right. No, of course. I, I had a little but, some butterflies, but uh, I think that's typical going into coming off the bench. Um, six, seven minutes into the game, um, your legs are a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. You've been sitting there for a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I was ready. I was confident. I knew I was going to go in and and uh, play, play how I practiced, and I had a really good pra- uh, week in practice. So um, I was actually really confident. Now we can go into the coach speak. You mentioned in the post game, I remember, <laughs> to rebound that basketball. Yeah. More bigs. You got, you guys did a really nice job of rebounding the ball. So that was an emphasis and the number one key going into yeah. the game, right? Yeah. Nate Austin, obviously, um, big-time rebounder. We're missing him. Um, our leading rebounder currently, Kyle Collinsworth, was out. And so um, our number one key just going into this game was was rebounding and I knew that was that was my job going into the game, and so my whole focus was go in and get good positioning and pull down some boards. What kind of things are you doing in practice to simulate it so that <clears throat> you can become a better rebounding basketball team? Um, to be a good good rebounder, you've got to go every time. You can't take any any possessions off, and um, every shot. I know what shots our team's going to take. Um, um, and it's it's a matter of going every time, finding a body, um, getting a hit, and pursuing the ball. So um, every possession I focus on, um, reading where the ball's going, 
um, getting a hit and just pursuing the ball. Well, yeah, you had five, I think five offensive rebounds, right? Okay, and so that obviously comes with the territory of knowing that uh, your teammates are going to put up some threes and, and some familiarity with that. What do offensive rebounds do for your confidence on the floor? It's huge. Giving our team an, an extra possession is is key. And so um, I think on the offensive side, it's just a, um, a huge confidence booster when you pull down an offensive rebound and give your team an extra possession. So you want to do it more often and build your confidence. So I was just going every time. If you get an offensive rebound, do you have the <coughs> green light to go back up? Because if I get yeah. the board, I'm like, bonus! I'm putting <laughs> that baby up! No, you do. Um, but a few of those, I just... Uh, a few of our guys had had a better shot, so kicked out. Found found ants on one, and you're a better teammate than I'm. <laughs> I'm like I'm going up, man. We weren't gonna have this. Jeremy's a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Carmelo Anthony of the Richards building. <laughs> That's Ryan, my nickname. Ryan Anders with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball freshman forward. You head to Pepperdine, and I talked to Tyler Haas, and he said, "My dad's been saying to me." You just got to win every game at, at this point. Just, just, just win the Not next one. Not that tough. Just, just win, win the next, every game. Just win the next one. <laughs> um, what is the sense of urgency for this this team moving forward? Um, our whole focus. We've had Pep up on the board for uh, this whole week, and uh, this is if we can get this win, um, our confidence going into the rest of conference is is skyrocketed. So um, our focus is one game at a time and. And Pep's that next game, so I think heading out there, we need to just have a focus that we did against Santa Clara. And um, if we have that, then I think we'll be in good shape. Was Pepperdine a fluke? Do you guys feel like, you know what, we are the better team, we're going to go in there and we're going to compete and hopefully win? Yeah, they're not going to see the same um, BYU team they did the first game. Um, we're playing well right now. We've we've got a lot better chemistry, I think, than we did um, about a month ago when we played them, so... Um, they won't be seeing the same BYU team. Now we asked Corbin Kafusi, uh because he's a freshman big, and we've also asked Isaac Nielsen this question about Mark Pope and, and the specific coaching techniques he uses to give to each of you. Corbin said he tells me to sl- slow down, mm-hmm. slow down, Corbin. And uh, Isaac talked about just having more presence in the post. What is what is Mark Pope's message to you as a freshman big? Uh, to me, it's... it's uh... Not more on the offensive side. It's more on the defensive side. Um, being able to stay down and, and have the quicker feet. Being able to speed guys up um, and just rebound. Our team needs rebounds. And so um, Pope's had a huge influence on me on on uh, just going every time and, and pulling down those boards that our team needs. Does he ever post up against you? you ever, is no. that your bang down low with you? He's too scared. <laughs> <laughs> He's never done that. He has to maintain the credibility right. of that NBA career, right? And he, t- to me, he was always that that like the white dude on Kentucky's team when they won the, the NCAA championships. We love that Mark Pope is here. Is the plan to get away from the four guard lineup? Are there going to be more bigs playing more consistently? Is that the plan? You know, what? I don't know. Right now, um, it's going well. We'll see. But right now, I don't know. I don't know the plan. Because you kind of need to gauge. How, mu- how much do we need to rebound versus right. how much do we need to, I don't know, make more shots, make threes. And we, we saw that last game. Rebounding was a huge factor mm-hmm. uh, where it hasn't been the last couple of weeks. And so and so we'll see. I don't know the plan right now, but you'd think we'll see. Between you and Isaac and Corbin, 
Uh, I want to say there were 19 rebounds from the five spot. Do you have like a number you're trying to, to reach each game? Is there a goal for the big men? Yeah, we actually started that uh, three or four games ago where Pope comes to us. We get together as bigs. We come up with a number. Um, our number last last game was, I think, uh, 14. So As a group? As a group, mm. yeah. So uh, we blew that number out of the water, and going into Pepperdine, we'll probably up that number, um, give us another challenge. And I think that's helped a lot to uh, give us a goal to that when we come into the game, we have that number set, and and we're going to do everything in our power to reach that goal. Was that after St. Mary's where the number was two and it was like, hey, we can do better? I think it was. It was when Waldo just made us look, made us look embarrassed. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's tough to watch. And when you watch, uh, let's go back to the Pepperdine loss. As you watch film in that game, and and Stacy Davis, their star forward, going off. What did you learn from that game that's going to help you on the road at Firestone Fieldhouse? Um, uh, just get a hit. We know what guys are going to the boards. We've got to um, do everything in our power to keep those guys as far away from the from glass as we can, and, and that starts early, starts early in the possession. Um, we've got to keep them out of the paint, and if we do that, we're, we've had a lot of success from our guards coming in, getting rebounds, so I think this game is going to be a lot of us four or fives moving those big guys out and guards coming in to pull, pull down some boards. What are your mission plans? I uh, started my papers uh, a couple days ago on Sunday, so hopefully get those done. And my brother actually comes back middle of May. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping to get out beginning of June. That means you'll leave the beginning of May now. No. <laughs> <laughs> the crossover. Think, like, no, 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 no. Think no. about I, that for a second. I said after. Uh, I want to yeah. go after. You, in <clears throat> high school, you went to American Fork. Arch rivals with future teammates from Lone Peak. How's that dynamic going to be? And you've never been asked this question. Never have. <laughs> Never before. Um, first time. Um, no, but before I committed to BYU, everyone... Do I really want to play with these guys? Everyone was telling me, do you really want to play with TJ? Do you really want to play with Nick, Eric? <laughs> You'll be playing with Tyler this year. Are you sure you want to do that? You won't see the ball. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, not, I'm not kidding. They tell me that, and... And you know what? They're, true. <clears throat> they're uh they're as they're as good as they, as they get on and off the court. Um there's no reason you, you wouldn't want to play with those guys and so even if they are knights. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's good. I enjoy looking I look forward to uh, coming back from the mission, playing with Tyler or uh T J, playing with Nick and Eric, so yeah, it's not a big a big deal for me. For no. those that don't understand the rivalry between American <laughs> Fork and Lone Peak, can can you just give us a brief summary of of what it's like between the two schools in Utah County? Um, and it's it's not just on the court; it's it's off the court when we beat it's them. At the grocery store, it's, it's everywhere. In church, it's everywhere, man. Um, two three years ago, my sophomore year, when we. When we beat them for the first time in, uh, I think it was 13 years, oh. um, our fans stormed the court, we, and their their team was still on the court. We had guys throwing cuts at them. It was even our fan section going going hard at them, and and I think uh, more than anything, it's uh, 
it's it's hard to explain, but uh, once you get on the court, it's knowing that they they've got that Lone Peak jersey on. You've got the AF and them having more wins in the past twenty years than anyone. Um, you want to do it for your school. You want to do it for your community and and to get that to get that win. We just AF just beat Lone Peak and a couple weeks again. ago too, yeah. so. That's big for AF, and um, more than anything, you just want to do it for for your coaches. You walked into practice with a huge smile the day after, didn't you? No question. I, <laughs> What's up, Ty Hawks? I had to Nate give Ty Austin. and Nate some, some crap Josh. for that. So, right. Josh, so that was big for AF. We have a tradition here on BYU Sports Nation uh, for all of our first-time guests on set to sign our Rise Up flag. So Awesome. I don't know I'll how, that how well Ryan that, that pen is working. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and distribute the BYU Sports Nation karma as well, Ryan. Awesome. Uh, no Marty Wilson. <laughs> and now yeah, we will no give it we'll As give much it as we Ryan like Andrews. Marty Wilson. It's not this week, okay? All right. Did it work? Is the silver pen working? It looks black to me. I think it turned into a... <laughs> Black marker. <laughs> you can't really see it. Your autograph is on there regardless. It is. It is. Hey, great to have you, Ryan. Great to be here. Thanks, you guys. Ryan Andrus, the freshman big man, had eight rebounds last game. Let's hope we can keep that up against Pepperdine. Up next, we reset our BYU Sports Nation headlines, including football scheduling news, the Cougars and Wildcats in 2027. Whoa! BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Studio B getting set for a big time day tomorrow. Three hours of signing day coverage coming up tomorrow. Noon Eastern starts on BYU TV with BYU Sports Nation. Then 3 Eastern, BYUtv.org has a press conference. 4 Eastern, a special BYU Sports Nation with the head ball coach, Bronco Mendenhall, will break down all the signees. You'll see video of the high school guys as well. It's going to be awesome. Including... Uh, who they already announced, Squally Canada. Yeah, that's right. Squally Canada. Can- La Canada, <laughs> California. That's, that's a real thing in California. Twitter question today. What are you looking forward to the most this week? Speaking of California, BYU at Pepperdine in Malibu or football signing day. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Juddy for 300. Some, uh, yeah, Juddy for 300. You're sticking with that one? I asked him on the way out, are you going to watch 300? And he goes, No. And then just walked away. <laughs> He's it was such a great personality. Who? He's such a great personality. We, we uh, talked about some b- football scheduling news at the top of the show. BYU and Arizona have extended their current three-game series to five games, adding games in 2026 and 2027. But the real interesting tidbit is the news that BYU will move their home game from September 20th or September 12th, 2020, to September 4th of 2021. That game will not be played in Provo. It will be played in Las Vegas. Now, some of you are saying, Viva Wait, wh- Las why, why doesn't BYU get another home game against Arizona? You look at it. Here, here's what I'm thinking. It has, yeah. it has to be like a it's, – it's reaction because of the Michigan State It's series. a domino. Michigan yes. State, September 12th, 2020. That happened uh, two weeks ago. So I'm thinking that's a domino, and then there's maybe a domino from this at some point that leads to a future game. Who knows? Okay, and, so, and so now five games, two neutral, one in the University of Phoenix Stadium, one in Vegas at TBD Stadium. It's not Sam Boyd right now. They didn't announce that. So that might, it might be in some new future awesome stadium. And like we mentioned, uh, uh, home and home, 26-27. So a five- or six-year-old could be a freshman in that game. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, coming in on Twitter from at Matthew W. Evans, speaking of this BYU foot, uh, Arizona series that's been extended, he says, I fully anticipate my seven-year-old son being a post-mission <laughs> junior on that 2027 team. He may Hashtag have a, plan ahead. Might have a red shirt in there, so he might, uh, you know, who, know, who knows. Okay. The po- it, it, the hashtag po- BYU sports, right? I can, I can understand that some people are like, well, wait, what? we should get another home game. I'll do game. it. I'll do it. Well, hey, hey what's the only one home game in there? Would you rather have Michigan? Huh? Would you rather have Michigan State at home? We're yes. playing neutral. You get Michigan State at it's home in twenty twenty. The cost of that and the domino effect of that is that you get to play Arizona oh. in Las Vegas. Do you remember how many this. BYU fans this. are in Las Vegas? I'm surprised that BYU has not done this before. This is, this is new, but this is a good idea. I, it's not the, at the expense of a home game for BYU that season. You're gonna play. You're gonna you're gonna have the majority of fans. Uh, more than Arizona, I think, in Vegas in that game. That'll be good. It's a P5 team, neutral, in Vegas. Awesome. That, University of Phoenix yeah. Stadium. Awesome. You they just played the if, Super Bowl there. They're, they're, you have to wonder if there are higher powers invested into this. You know, I mean. What? Do you, what? Like driving? the heavens? What do you mean? <laughs> like TV powers. Austin Collie? What, what's going on? Not r- good on and off the field, Just right? get ready for September 5th, okay? Oh. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 2-14. That is right. 214 days away, BYU and Nebraska. <laughs> oh, it's been an entertaining and lively show today. Up Compelling next, we will rich. put a bow on it. BYU Sports Nation continues with some final thoughts on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Got karma? Andrus does. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Future guests, how about Daniel Sorensen of the Kansas City Chiefs? And Bronco Mendenhall breaking down signing day tomorrow. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to Jimmer Fredette. Ten points last night in his awesome. win over the Atlanta Hawks. Hey, thanks to everyone on our crew. Our guest, Jeff Judkins, Ryan Andrus. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to Justin Whiteout. Go out for a pass, dude. Please.